0: Well, good morning. I think you're all frozen. Good morning. Let's all stand together. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear God, we thank you for this time that we get to spend together praising you and glorifying you for your greatness and for your word. God, I pray that as we lift up our hearts and praise to you, may you renew our minds and our spirits may jesus be magnified today we ask it in the holy and precious name of jesus and everyone said together amen is forever.
1: may be seated we are so glad that you're here this morning especially if you're a guest here with us today thank you for joining us for worship here at westgate uh, memorial if you are a guest here with us today you can text the word westgate to 94000 and that will allow us to know of your presence here with us today or you may have a prayer request and you can uh, do the same you can text westgate uh, to 94000 there and there's an option there uh, to uh, register as a guest or uh, to leave a prayer request and so but we are so glad that you're here with us this morning just a couple of announcements as we continue and worship this morning uh, men don't forget uh, two weeks from today on February the 6th uh, we'll be having our men's uh, kickoff event for our men's ministry uh, it's going to be a steak dinner and uh, no charge uh, to you Uh, you can sign up in the foyer or you can sign up by email or by calling the church office Uh, all the information is here uh, on our information uh, flyer and so you can pick one of those up and uh, be prepared to be a part of our men's kickoff uh, on the 6th of February and then students don't forget Hot Hearts is just around the corner and uh, you need to get signed up for that there's a QR code I know all of our students are tech savvy you can scan the QR code there and get registered Uh, Online to be a part of Hot Hearts uh, this year.
0: Jeff, I want you to find somebody you have not talked to this morning and let them know that Jesus is our Savior. All right, glad you had a chance to find somebody you had not talked to yet this morning. Now I'd like us to shift our focus and uh, let's go into a time of prayer. If you'd like to come and kneel at the altar or go over to the crosses or just kneel at your place, wherever you are, if you'd like to stand, however posture, whatever posture you'd like to take during this time of prayer, go ahead and take that now and let's do that. we come to you now in just humble adoration seeking your face wanting you to speak to us in a mighty way father as we've come here into this room it's not about the building it's not about the songs that we sing it's about all of us coming together to declare as a group that that we believe that we desperately need a savior and that our week wouldn't be the same without taking the time here together to say so we need you the grace that you have provided the sacrifice that you made. We need you. May your presence fill this place as we continue to sing to you. And may our hearts be open to the truth that you're going to speak to us. And may we respond in obedience to you. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen.
2: Since I have been redeemed, of my Redeemer, Savior, King, since I have been redeemed. Since I have been redeemed, since I have been redeemed, I will glory in His name. Since I have been redeemed, I will glory in my Savior. Name. I have a Christ that satisfies since I have been redeemed. To do His will my highest price since I I have been redeemed, since I have been redeemed, since I have been redeemed, I will glory in his name. Since I have been redeemed, I will glory in my Savior's name. I heard an old, old story, how a Savior came from. just your voice and sing that chorus again oh victory in jesus my savior forever he sought me and bought me with me to victory, beneath the Jesus, keep me near the cross, there a precious till I reach the golden strand.
0: dear Heavenly Father. May our souls trust in you and what you have done on the cross for us. One day we will have rest for those that have have that personal relationship with you. One day we will have rest from this life, this earthly life. And we'll be with you in glory forever. But until that day, may you give us the strength and endurance to proclaim to the world that Jesus is alive and he has the good news of salvation. He is the good news of salvation. For hope eternal. Bless this time we're spending together. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
3: Well, I wanna say thank you, first of all, for your generosity uh, to me, and I wanna let you know that we have created an angry mob out in the community. There is now a supply chain issue of Fritos, because you have given me so many of them. Thank you. I have been inundated with Fritos, don't need any more, but I am so grateful. And as Harry Watts wisely told me last week, Next time, I need to let you know I like steak. (laughs) Ribeye steak, just to make sure that we get the the right stuff. But uh, thank you all so much. That was, it was just a fun way of uh, feeling loved. And thank you for that. Uh, Greg Schwartz, I haven't seen him. He may be working today. Greg, are you here? Don't see you around here, but kudos to Greg Schwartz. He was just uh, uh, hired as our new director of chaplains out at Baptist Hospital he is the new David Cross and so we're thankful for uh, Greg stepping into that role and he's going to do a tremendous job last week when uh, Dr. Draper was here he reminded us that we are either a Sea of Galilee or a Dead Sea did any of you get that wasn't that a, a probing question it's, it's an old question for those of us who've been in churches in the Baptist Church a long time you've heard that many times but it's such a, a vivid picture are we somebody that is actually giving to others or are we looking for others uh, to give to us and so i pray that as we continue as we stretch from where god took us last week that we will continue to ask that question and all of us will desire to be a sea of galilee Uh, yesterday was a pivotal time in the history of our country it marked the 49th anniversary of the roe versus wade uh, decision many of you will remember where you were i remember being Uh, in eighth grade at the time, but I don't remember the situation or the significance of it, that's just the age that I was. But it has had a major impact on our country in more ways than we can even begin to comprehend. Uh, Over 60 million Americans have been aborted. Now, first of all, let me say that we have people right here in the room, even in this moment, that have gone through an abortion. That is not to condemn you in any form or fashion, any way whatsoever. God's grace extends to all of us, regardless of what we've done. The ground at the foot of the cross is level. We have all been where we wish that we hadn't. But I want us to continue to be mindful of praying. Uh, Some would call this a political decision, and this would be a political statement. It is not. It is a statement about life and death. It is about what God has called us to be and to do, as Christians, as salt and light in the world. Martin Luther King received the Margaret Sanger Award from Planned Parenthood in 1966. But views on abortion were quite different back then. Back then, Planned Parenthood had a pamphlet asking the question, is birth control abortion? Planned Parenthood. The piece went on to answer that question by saying, definitely not. It said, an abortion kills the life of a baby after it has begun. It is dangerous to your life and health. My, how things have changed through the decades. It was Martin Luther King who wrote the letter from a Birmingham city jail that said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And I think we recognize that throughout the course of our uh, the last five decades, we have seen that there has been injustice and a danger his words are truly dawning for an organization that once thought he was right mother Teresa was the one who told us publicly at a prayer breakfast it's a poverty to decide that a child must die so that you may live as you wish again grace covers all things but we as christians must stand and pray for what is right and what is true god came to give life not to take it away and i want to pray for those in the room who have already received an abortion for you to know of god's grace and for the rest of us to continue to pray that god would write a great travesty in our country and may we as a church recognize that we are to be salt and light reason i don't remember 1973 january 22nd is because the church was relatively silent and god has called us to be salt and light on all issues uh, so let's pray together even now father we recognize that we stand in a, in a pivotal time of american history very important decisions to be made in the months to come that will impact so many Father, we have become a nation that has taken life lightly, taken sexuality to horrendous levels. So far from what your word says and all these issues tie together. We think of even our Bible reading this this week and listening to Jacob who didn't sleep with his fiance for seven years until they were married we have lost the capacity to see what what you called us to do I pray for friends in this room right now that have gone through the process of an abortion God may they never feel like they are second class may they know that we all stand on level ground at the cross your grace extends to each and every one of us those of us who have been greedy selfish may we never believe that we are superior to one who's gone through this process we pray for healing for restoration we know your word is redemptive with grace and your mercy forever your blood covers us completely may we find our hope satisfaction and joy in you awkward moment. Lord, I confess, I feel pretty awkward right now. Some are offended. Some are uncomfortable. I pray, Lord, that your grace would just cover it all. Trust you for that. Speak to us now from your word, we ask. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can I give a quick shout-out to Naomi? Naomi is watching online from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Church member who recently had to relocate Naomi it's great to have you online in your 90s watching on an iPad I'm loving that well today we begin a new series called mandates and you got to thank our youth for that because uh, I am leading our youth on Wednesday nights I'm so thankful for Peter Stewart taking care of those responsibilities on Sunday and the rest of the time but on Wednesday nights I get to be with the youth and I was trying to think what would be the most significant thing for us to cover and I started thinking, what has Jesus called us to do? Jesus has given us so many mandates. The word mandate really could be, could be word of the year for 2021, but vaccine, as we would understand, was the obvious winner of that. But roughly 1,200 times in the last year, articles from the New York Times covered the word mandate. And we've come to associate mandate with COVID, but it's a word that extends far beyond just pandemics. It means command, or it also means to make mandatory. Do you know the Bible has more mandates than articles about mandates in the New York Times? Just knowing them is a challenge. But God wants us to do far more than to fill in the blanks to test our knowledge about the mandates he has given us. He expects us, he mandates us to obey his mandates so in this series today is just an introduction i hope to to simply whet your appetite for knowing more about the commandments that god has given us to obey today i want us to look at the mandate given to us in matthew chapter 28 verse 20. now that's buried right in the great commission and so let's kind of look at the context remember that jesus had called his disciples to go up to galilee to meet him it could be that this was the occasion in which so many were surrounding him and uh, he spoke to them, this final mandate, he said, uh, it says, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Verse 17 says, when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some had doubted. There was still that sense of, is this real? And then Jesus came to them and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, We know that well, that is the mandate that we take and we carry for evangelism, but it goes on to say, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age, meaning that you are empowered by my presence and my authority to accomplish what I've just told you to do. The word, meaning teaching them to obey, carries the idea of keeping watch of being on your guard, of preserving something. As we begin this series, it's important for us to remember that obedience requires knowledge. But knowledge doesn't equal obedience. Jesus isn't saying just disseminate information. It is much deeper than that. It is the idea of teaching people to guard, to treasure, to preserve the commands that he has given. How many are there? how many commands do we have in scripture well there's over 600 in the old testament over 800 in the new testament and they're they're kind of hard and nuanced a little bit and then 50 that from jesus that as you try to net them out about 50 that are uniquely different there's so much overlap to them and we're going to begin to look at some of those in the weeks to come but there are so many for us to know if i were to ask you what commandments has jesus given you how many would you be able to write down we did that as youth, and we didn't have too many. It's easy to say, "Well, yeah, you know, obey Jesus and everything that He's commanded us." But but what has He commanded us to do? And so we're going to take some time to look at that. Jesus commands as we as we introduce the whole concept of paying attention to His commands. First of all, to realize that they're not burdensome, but they're life giving. I want us to turn to 1 John chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. We're going to look at a lot of Scripture this morning. So if you have your Bible, I hope you do that uh and earl want to tell you if you're looking on your on your phone be sure and uh make sure it doesn't go out loud audio and for the rest of you pull out the bible in front of you if you don't see it uh the verses won't all be up on the on the screen so i want you to be able to to look and see where they are it says jesus commands are not burdensome they're life giving and in first john chapter 5 verses 3 through 5 it says in fact this is love for god to keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. When you think of the commandments of Jesus, do you think of them as being burdensome or life-giving? Let's be honest. Probably for a lot of us, it, it's, it's burdensome. It's one more thing to tack on to our to-do list. It's one more thing. It's, it's something that we may probably not want to do. It's much, much like praying for missions, and we're afraid that God might send us to a foreign country if we pray for missions because on to say for everyone born of god overcomes the world and this is the victory that has overcome the world even our faith our faith that obeys these unburdensome commands that's what gives us the victory who is it that overcomes the world only the one who believes that jesus is the son of god as we begin to look in this series we really need to start from the very beginning to say jesus commands are not burdensome if we have him in our life to forgive somebody that has hurt you can feel very burdensome but if you have the power of Christ indwelling in you you can forgive look at John 10:10 10, 10, very familiar passage of scripture Jesus contrasting himself to the evil one says the thief comes only to steal kill and destroy the agenda of satan those only three things he will ever do steal kill and destroy he gives you a temptation a sin know that he only has one of those three agendas to steal kill and destroy but i have come that you may have life and you may have life to its full jesus gives us the command so that we can experience life to its fullest and don't we want that don't all of us want to experience life in all of its fullness Moses said that to the people of God after they'd given the law. And there was a question mark. Were were they going to follow after God? Were they going to obey these commands? Did they really believe these commands? And it says in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, here's Moses coming to the end of his life, and he says, This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death. Follow the commands to life, Or follow them to death. Blessings and cursings. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God and listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life. So, as we think about going into the series of looking at the commands that Jesus has given, we're not going to look at all the commands of the New Testament uniquely. And we're only gonna look at not even all the commands that Jesus has given us, but as we look at those, I want us to have the lens of scripture to say, this is life to us. We live in a culture, just as we've talked about, we live in a culture that will lead us to death. It won't lead us to life, it won't lead us to blessings. It is doing everything it can to pull us away from following after Christ. And so we as a people of God need to recognize what Jesus has commanded us to not only obey, obey ourselves, but teaching others to obey. That they are not burdensome, but they are the very things that will breathe life into each one of us. Obedience reveals our relationship to God. Look at 1 John chapter 2, verses three through six. 1 John chapter 2, verses three through six. Again, we're thinking about the commands if we obey them what does that mean it means that we truly are in relationship with him it says we know again this is john writing the apostle john we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands how many how many commands do we keep to identify that we truly know him all of them jesus said in the mandate given in matthew chapter 28 teaching them to observe what Everything, all that I have commanded you. And here is John following up to say, we know that we've come to know him if we do exactly that. We keep everything that he commanded us. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. Did you know that every time that we violate God's word, we go against the command, we're identifying ourselves as a liar. Truth is not in that person, but if anyone obeys his word, Love for God is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. And that's an interesting phrase, to live as Jesus did, as he lived. It moves way beyond what would Jesus do. You can answer that correctly all day long and never do what he did. I keep lists to try to keep me on track you know one thing that I discovered about myself years ago that I just, I hate about myself but I will, once I write something down on my list I feel like I've done it (laughs) anybody else ever feel that way? nobody, wow, I'm the only one but you know, I'm so afraid that I'm going to forget and so I write it down and I put it on this list and then I'll forget to do it because I wrote it down You see, we can know what Jesus has called us to do. We can sit back and somebody has hurt us and we can sit back and say, what would Jesus do? Jesus would forgive them. Good for him, I'm not. We can so easily do that. And here is John reminding us that when we walk away from what Jesus did, we're revealing that we're not really of him. We reveal our relationship with, to him by our obedience obedience is that important and we have we have been eroded away through the centuries of believing that we can obey some of what jesus has called us to do and be obedient but when you are ninety nine percent obedient you are what a hundred percent disobedient and so it reveals our relationship to God And it reveals our love for God. Look at John chapter 14, verse 15. John got this, and that's why so many of these verses come from from John's gospel and from his epistles, because John got this. He understood this. He was the one that was following behind Peter and Jesus when Jesus said to Peter, you follow me, you travel through life with me, you obey my commandments. He understood that. And in John chapter 14, verse 15, he recorded the words of Jesus and says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Love is obedience. Love is obedience. And when we do that, we are demonstrating our love for God. I felt bad this week because my wife asked me to do something. And I didn't do what she asked. It wasn't deliberate or mean or some. subversive I just forgot I probably put it on my list and forgot to do it and I felt bad because you know when somebody loves you they, they, they do what you ask right as long as it's legal it's right that's what obedience does for us and so let's look at a parable are you with me okay let's look at a parable that Jesus gave it talks about two sons and two worldviews that fits in as we talk about this whole idea Of keeping Jesus commandments and found in Matthew chapter 21 verses 28 through 31 let's read it together it says in Matthew chapter 21 what do you think this is Jesus asking a question he's talking about obedience he says there was a man who had two sons guy we're following we're tracking with you okay he went to the first and he said son I want you to go work today in the vineyard and the son said I will not he was probably a teenager I will not he answered But later he changed his mind and he went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. And he answered, I will, sir. But he didn't go. He was probably a millennial. Just teasing. Which of the two did what the father wanted? The one who said, There ain't no way I'm going out there. And then he goes. Then the one who says, got it done i'll do it and never does it puts it on his list and forgets which one did what the father wanted well then the crowd said well the the first one jesus said you're right that's what obedience is we don't have to have our heart all in to be obedient right when's the last time well i shouldn't yeah just remember that moment, whether you're young or old. You remember that, that, that dialogue that took place when you were receiving something and, and you were told to say thank you. Thank you. You may not have had your heart into it. Or how about the time as parents tell their children to tell their sibling you're sorry. Sorry. I mean, they're not all in, right? But they're obeying what needs to be done. We're not always going to have our motives just right with Jesus. We're not going to be all in every time. But as Jesus' word demonstrates here, it's not what you say, it's what you do. See, friends, there are only two worldviews. I've talked about this a bunch of times, more than you probably care to re- realize. But, you know, we, you can study all different kinds of worldviews. And, and there, there are many. Some would define them as seven or five or four, more than that. But there's only two worldviews, simple as it is. Jesus is Lord, he is not. That's all there is. Once you move beyond Jesus being Lord, if he's not Lord, it opens up anything else, anything is possible. Jesus is right, he's not. And so when it comes to the mandates, we can say, he's right or he's not. He probably didn't mean for me to forgive them or he probably didn't mean something like this obeying jesus is important it's not there's only two worldviews either jesus is lord of every part of your life or he's not you may love him you may profess your faith in him but he's only lord when we do what he's called us to do so how do we obey this mandate because We wanna succeed at this. I'm guessing everybody here says, we want to succeed. We want to obey everything that Jesus has commanded us because we recognize it's life-giving. It's not burdensome, it will make our life and everybody's life around us far better. And that's important for us to remember. We have become, in American culture, very narcissistic. How does it affect me? I read such an interesting article this last week about about singing in worship. And it noted the importance of singing, listen to this. It said one of the reasons it's so important for us to sing is is because it's humbling. And the writer went on to say that most of us can't sing very well. How many of you would confess you can't sing very well? I'll point you out if you don't know yet. Okay, I can't sing well. And I sit here and when I'm singing, it's just like you kinda wanna hold back because it just doesn't sound very good. And here's this writer saying, part of the worship experience is us humbling ourselves through singing with inadequate voices. Realizing that as we collectively pool all of our, one more time on how many of you can't sing very well? Okay, when we pool all of that together, it sounds okay. It really does. We couldn't do it alone, and it would sound even worse if we did it by ourselves. But we do it together. And so when we're talking about all of this obedience and knowing that life will be better for other people, we can't just think about ourselves. One of the commands that we will deal with is deny yourself. And we'll address that further. So how do we do this? Obeying the mandate to obey everything that Jesus has commanded us. Philippians chapter 2, verse I love the way the New Living Translation has put this. God is working in you, listen, giving you the desire to obey him and the power to do what pleases him. We all have everything that we need to obey all of Jesus' commandments. But the hardest part will be dying to self. Because as a believer in Jesus Christ, with God's spirit residing in you, You have the desire to obey and the power to obey. That's how we do it, leaning into Jesus. On our own we cannot, but with Christ we can. You know, a fundamental practice of disoriented scuba divers is to follow the direction of their bubbles up to regain their bearings. I'm not a scuba diver and I never will be, I promise you. But I hear that you can be down in dark, murky waters and become disoriented as to which way is up. It's hard for us to even imagine. You get in a pool, and you always know which way is up, right? But a scuba diver can experience disorientation where they don't know which way is up to safety and survival. And so they look to the direction of their bubbles that always ascend up, and it takes them to where they need to go. God's commandments do the same thing for us we do get disoriented in life and we follow his commands as the bubbles that put us on the pathway up and lead us to the life that we desire have you found that life in christ god loves you and he has created you to have a relationship with him it is so significant that he has called all of us in the context of what we have seen here today in matthew 28 for us to share that with other people what better job could any of us have than to share the good news of Jesus Christ, that everyone is loved by God and created to have a relationship with him. But we also have the bad news, that our sins separates us from God and we will never ever know him and experience his grace and love except through Christ. Thankfully, Jesus can make us right with God. And all we have to do to be changed for eternity is to humbly repent of our sins Follow the bubbles up and give our life to Jesus Christ and surrender ourselves to him. If you have never done that, first of all, I pray that you will pray a prayer similar to this in the next few moments. And secondly, I hope you will always realize that is the beginning point. It is not the end point of Christianity. The end point of Christianity is exactly what we talked about. Living a life of obeying everything that Jesus has commanded us to do following hard after him the remaining days of our one and only life. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you have given us commands that don't weigh us down. All through scripture we see the commands of humanity that weigh us down. Time and time again you're clearly on call for us to follow you to liberty, freedom and to joy. I pray that as we go through this series Lord, you would give us exactly what your word promises a desire to obey you in all commands not just the ones that we conveniently can can do but all of them all that you called us to do and lord we know the greatest command of all is to love you with all of our heart soul and mind and we can't do that apart from you so if any of my friends listening now have never received jesus as lord and savior may they humble themselves and voice a prayer similar to this lord jesus I recognize that I am a sinner in desperate need of your forgiveness. Please forgive me of all my sins and become the Lord and Savior of my life. I surrender to you all that I am and all that I have, and I will follow hard after you the remaining days of my one and only life. Oh, Lord, would you give us legs to do just that, to follow hard after you every day day of our life, to obey everything that you've commanded us. May you help us as a church to be everything you've created us to be. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Love you all. Thanks for listening. And If you've made a decision, maybe to receive Christ, maybe a, a decision to be baptized, one of those statements right on the bat, in that mandate. Be baptized It's a demonstration of your faith to Christ. Maybe you want to join Westgate. You have a decision on your heart, somebody to pray for you. I'm going to invite our deacons to go back to the commons area behind our pews. And, and if you've had a week in which you need prayer, you have a week coming up. you know. And it's not just for tough situations. Maybe God's doing a work in your life. God, would you, would you help me to become more patient? God, would you help me to deal with the struggle in my heart? God, would you give me that desire to obey you and the power to do it? It's not just about situations. I I fear that too many times prayer has become about the situations that we face. Difficult week, difficult time. What about the heart change that God wants to bring in each one of us? Are we a dead sea? Sea of Galilee. Maybe you want to pray at the altar, at the the crosses, at the benches, the deacon at the back. Say, you know, I just feel like I'm more like a dead sea than a sea of Galilee. Let's use this time to respond to God as he leads. I'll be at the crosses. You can meet us at the Connection Desk, and also you can, you can use one of these cards. Just write down what you would like for a minister to get in touch with you this week and drop it in one of the offering boxes in the back. So let's stand together and let's respond as God would lead us.
2: He was pierced for our transgressions, He was crushed for our sins. The punishment that brought us peace was upon Him. And by His wounds, by His wounds, we are healed. He was pierced for our transgressions, was crushed for our sins the punishment that brought us peace was upon him grace, we are saved, we are saved, he was pierced for our transgressions,
4: i yeah.
0: bless you have a great day.